Welcome to Unraveling Daisy Jones, your weekly recap and discussion about the Amazon Prime video series, Daisy Jones and the Six, based on the best-selling novel of the same name by Taylor Jenkins Reid. In each episode, we'll recap the latest episode in the series and share our thoughts on the music, characters, the fashion, changes made from novel to screen, and all the juicy drama. We'll make sure you won't regret listening. Filthy McNasties. <laughs> Welcome back to Unraveling Daisy Jones. I'm Chris. And I'm Jocelyn. We are both very excited to have all of you join us for our second episode recapping I'll Take You There. This episode is my favorite of the three released so far, so... Let's just get into the episode recap and we will break it down from there. Just to give you another warning, if you missed the first episode, there will be spoilers ahead for both the book and the series. And there is also conversations about substance abuse. The episode begins with a clip of Teddy Price talking on the Merv Griffin show in 1982 about not planning on being a father to the rock stars. He just wanted to make records. What's important to note here is it's the first time we're watching an interview that isn't being conducted in the same time frame as the interview's 20 years into the future in 1997. This will be important later on. Am I allowed to say this because I don't want to spoil it, but I genuinely never made the connection reading the book that Teddy's interviews must have been older. Mm. And I really liked it a lot that it was a nice, like, obvious cue. I think it went over my head while reading, (laughs) as most things often do. Uh, That is why I am very much loving the show, because I'm a much more visual person. The Dunn brothers and Camilla show up at Rod Ray's apartment, requesting housing, gigs, money to help them get by, and a sit-down with Teddy Price. Are you fucking idiots? Rod Ray's asks. It's clear they don't understand how any of this works. Rod gets them a show at a venue on the Sunset Strip called... Filthy McNasties. The band all agree that they should give Karen a call, having enjoyed her sound with the Winters. It's made clear that Graham has already fallen head over heels for her. Karen asks to speak to Camilla, questioning her if the guys are worth it, to which she responds with, I wouldn't be here if they weren't. Karen packs her bags and joins the band in California. The episode then brings us to a scene taking place elsewhere in California with Simone entering her home and being surprised to see Daisy cooking in her kitchen, considering she definitely doesn't live with Simone, and let herself inside. Daisy tells Simone that she couldn't live at home anymore and promises to cook every day and pay half of the rent if Simone lets her be a roommate, to which she agrees. Now, this is a moment that is very different from the book, but Mm -hmm. I really loved it. So, in the book, when Daisy moves in with Simone, she is still in high school and Simone only lets Daisy live with her on the condition that she keeps going to school. Mm. So she takes on this kind of big sister role, even saying, does anyone care about this girl but me? Now, I love the big sister um, Simone vibe that she has in the book, but I really like the dynamic of having these girls be around the same age. You know, I think something that's so wonderful about this book is that you see three very different women in the industry. And then you also see Camilla, who's another very different woman who is working outside the industry. And so I kind of like having them all around the same age because it really makes it clear how different their journeys are. Yeah, I completely agree with you. 
So Camilla reveals in an interview that they got a house in Laurel Canyon cheap and fast, with none of them caring that an old woman had died inside the week before or that it smelled bad. If you don't know anything about Laurel Canyon, it was sort of a haven to the artists of the 70s. Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills and Nash, all the greats. Karen shows up with her bags, greeted to a messy house and the boys playing pirates in the living room. Graham in his underwear, embarrassed. Camilla welcomes her and it seems the two girls hit it off nicely. Okay, but I am obsessed with Eddie very obviously wearing the dead woman's dress <laughs> and Karen sleeping in what I assume is where the woman died. I like that Karen's the only one brave enough to stay in that room. Right? Like, she's like, is it haunted? <laughs> Even when they're talking later, Warren says, I don't have a bed because he turned down Karen's room because the woman died there. It's so good. I also just freaking love Graham being in his tidy whities Right? Playing pirates with his friends when Karen walks in. It's just poor peaches. Classic peaches. The band shows up to their first gig at McNasty's, Camilla doing her best to encourage them despite the venue being a total dive. Billy shares that not many people saw them perform there during the eight to nine months. However, they all became closer as a band. Camilla joins them daily, recording with her camera and taking photographs to send to newspapers, also attempting to connect with record labels who would consider seeing them perform. The group sits in a diner, counting what they've earned, making barely enough to cover the rent. Warren wonders if they should have just followed Chuck's footsteps and become dentists. Camilla questions if they think she should also just give up because she hasn't received any responses to her photography as a way of motivating them into disagreeing with her. Karen brings forward the idea of changing the name from the Dunn brothers to something else, considering only two members are Dunn's and she's nobody's brother. Karen suggests the six, although there are only five of them in the band itself, Camilla is an honorary member. Daisy walks past the band while her shift is ending at the diner, and Billy turns to glance just as Camilla wraps a hand around his arm. <laughs> Ooh, the soulmateism. Um, there's a lot happening in this scene. Mm -hmm. So going in with another book, difference. This residency at Filthy McNasty's isn't mentioned in the book. It's kind of a series of nameless gigs as they try to get their record deal. And as I mentioned in the last episode, Camilla does not join the band until they get their record deal. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think this is probably my favorite change so far in the series, is having her come with them and being a central part of the band. She is working her ass off throughout this episode to help her partner and their friends, and I love how Karen is the one to suggest naming them the six, despite the fact that there are five of them. She recognizes the other woman's dedication and lifts her up. So, Karen, Karen, I love you. This is also a scene where you start to see Billy's relationship with alcohol take a turn, and it's kind of subtle, but as they're discussing their struggles, we see him pour a large amount of booze into a coffee mug when Camilla isn't looking. Again, it's just two seconds on the screen, mm -hmm. but it sets up what is going to happen in the episode later and what the next few months of Billy's life is is going to begin to look like. I thought this was a really clever move on the writer's part because mm -hmm. the thing about addiction is that it doesn't always just start and snowball into something huge. Like right. maybe other people recognize it more in other people when it is a big thing. But I like that they're already starting to kind of like lay down roots of the fact that he was um, 
turning to alcohol when he was struggling artistically. Yes, and we'll see it in the next scene where he is working on a song. He's getting frustrated. He finishes off uh, a glass of something, goes to pour himself another one, and Camilla's like, no, no, come back. You know, mm-hmm. like she's starting to pick up the pattern a bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Daisy heads to the troubadour where Simone is performing and later introduces her friend. While Daisy performs, Teddy listens in and is impressed. He gives her his card following the performance and tells her that with his help, she can become something. Daisy tells him that she doesn't need his help shaping her music and leaves. Again, I'm interrupting because there is a change here from the book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, In the book, Daisy doesn't really play hard to get with Teddy. She kind of automatically starts working with him. Um, But while working with him, she's very stubborn to protecting her music and her words. So. Her playing hard to get with him, I really don't mind as a change because you're still seeing who this character is. You're seeing her show that she is doing this for herself and not for anyone else. During the evening, Graham is parked outside a convenience store waiting for Billy while Teddy Price walks in. Billy approaches him, and while he doesn't make a great first impression, he eventually convinces Teddy, who gives him the chance to play for him. This is an Again, a little difference. In the book, Teddy finds them while they're playing one of their shitty gigs and um, gives them the record deal. Uh, But I really, really liked this scene, um, especially because we got to have that moment between the two brothers, which I feel as the band is getting bigger, we're not seeing as much of. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love them having that moment in the car with Teddy's card, like as Teddy's driving away. So cute. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) At the studio, they introduce themselves as the Six and play a new song. In the interview, Teddy confesses that he was blown away. Teddy gets busy with the Six's album recording before planning a tour. Billy speaks of having enough money following the tour and album release to buy his own place with Camilla in the hills or on the beach, but she tells him that she is pregnant. She voices her fear and shame of not having a conversation prior about what he wanted out of life. Billy tells her that he knows what they should do, and the two get married that night. At the wedding, Graham questions Billy following a phone call with their mom about why he didn't tell her that he was going to be a dad. It suddenly hits him as reality sinks in, and he pours himself a drink. Mm. This whole scene made me so emotional, and it's not even, like, the sad part of the episode. (laughs) I, I just, I felt so bad for her, but also love the wedding scene. Mm-hmm. The interviewer asks, what do you remember about the tour? Billy dismisses the question, saying, it was a long time ago. Meanwhile, Camilla says, she remembers everything. While she is back in their home pregnant, Billy is drinking, doing drugs, sleeping around, and eventually stops answering her phone calls. When Karen refuses to answer where Billy is, Camilla takes matters into her own hands and goes to the motel the band is staying at. While there, she finds Billy hooking up with two girls in the band's van. After trying to smack some sense into Billy, she tells him that she doesn't care what he does, but after the baby comes, he better show up for her. I actually found this whole sequence very accurate to the book, and Mm. honestly, it was even better seeing it the way that they presented it in the TV show. Um, I love that we still had the last-minute wedding. (laughs) They kept the detail of Warren messing up 
the photograph the um, because he's too high episode. to take a picture. <laughs> and again, Sebastian as Warren, I love you. Genius. Genius. But we see Billy's relationship with alcohol take a very dangerous turn. And I thought the episode did a brilliant job showcasing this time in his life. It shows us enough, but nothing too terribly graphic. But it is still really hard to watch. I do appreciate how the writers chose not to glamorize what Billy is up to out on tour with the booze, the drugs, and the girls. I feel like Mm. so many things set in this era, it would have been easy to glamorize it as like the rock star life. But the book doesn't. The show stays true to the source material, making sure we all know how awful and uncomfortable and dangerous and sad this all is. Mm. The only big change within this part is when Camilla asks him, do you think there is a woman alive who is better than what you have? Which, it is an iconic line. It's Mm. one of my favorite lines in the book. Um, But I really liked what happened in the script of the TV series when she's confronting him. Again, it's still that same emotion, that same passion. and. Yeah, so I really can't complain. I I really loved how she, you know, grabbed him by the shirt collar and told yeah. him to get his shit together because someone yeah. had to. Mm-hmm. Well, two things for me. I love that Camilla shoves Eddie and targets him over Graham for keeping Billy's dirty little secret. <laughs> it shows that they have a deeper connection. Um, I also really, really believe that the line you mentioned will appear in a future episode Mm. when we finally get sparks flying between billy and daisy it's such a big iconic line and if the writers are trying to push the daisy camilla billy plot they'll likely use it towards a situation involving daisy Mm. that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah i can see them doing that too and that would work like i trust them to make it work but i always kind of liked in the book that they bring that up at the very beginning mm. of his story. Like, this is still very on- early on in the book when um, Billy is, you know, struggling with addiction and fooling around as as a byproduct. But I always liked that from the very beginning, Camilla made it clear, like, do you think there's a woman out there who is better than what you have? Because that lays the mm. groundwork for when he meets Daisy and he goes, oh. Because the whole time, like, I don't know, in the book I always got that, like, Billy never thought that one woman was better than the other. He thought they were both just awesome, which they are. They are. It would be interesting to see the line put in a situation with Daisy because they are just so beyond different and yet two very fierce, iconic women, um, Mm -hmm. two women who Billy loves. I think that could be interesting to see, but I also don't like... The idea of pitting them against each other too much in this, you know. Amen. Yeah, I just I hope they don't go that route with I don't know. I don't know, buddy, but yeah. yeah. You know, I'm so glad you said that, Chris, because mm-hmm. I did want to bring that up either last episode or this episode. Cause I see like on social media sometimes that people are like, yes. Daisy could never, or Camilla this, or like people are so quick to put these women against each other when no, I'm like literally y'all missed the point. And it's people who, like, read the book, too, and are big fans of, like, the show and these characters. And I'm like, did you guys miss the point? You don't have to be so mean online. They they are characters, but they are characters who are such strong, iconic women that mm. I'm just like, 
do you really have to pull Camilla's lupus into it? You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Yeah. And like, come on. To me, it's like the only reason to hatefully compare Daisy and Camilla is Billy, because that's the only A thing man. that they have in mm-hmm. common. So you're really telling me that in the year of our Lord, 2023, you're going to tear two women apart over mm. a man who makes a bad decision? Come on. It's not it, friends. Not it's it. not it. That is not the vibe of this podcast. No, never. Daisy reworks her music, testing it out for Simone, who enjoys it. Meanwhile, Billy Dunn falls down a hole of drug and alcohol abuse, which begins to affect his stage performance. Following a concert, Teddy shows up and tells him that Camilla just gave birth to a little girl. Before leaving with Billy, he tells the six they'll meet in Seattle. At the hospital, Billy tells Teddy he cannot meet his daughter while being a mess. Teddy tries to convince him to go inside, and when Billy refuses, he brings him to rehab. You know, this scene with Teddy in the car was so powerful, and I really have to acknowledge Sam Claflin's acting in this episode. Mm. I mean, in every episode, but this scene, to me, this is one of my favorite character moments for Billy in the book. Um, you know, when he decides to go to rehab and to get clean. In the book, it's actually Camilla who gives him an ultimatum. She says, you either, you know, get your ass in here and start being a dad now, or you go get cleaned up and then come back to be a dad. And then in the book, Billy says, you know, I was scared to meet my daughter, so I went to rehab. So this has changed, obviously, in the story. And Again, this is a change I like. I'm not upset about it. I like that, you know, Billy hits rock bottom and has that realization that he's hit rock bottom himself. And so when he's standing there with Teddy, he gets back in the car and he knows he can't meet his daughter. And then Teddy says, well, there's someone where else we got to go. Like, I think it was really powerful for um, Billy to have that moment on his own. Yeah. And. Tom Wright as Teddy is just phenomenal in this Mm -hmm. scene. Phenomenal in all of it. But this scene in particular is just, it's a standout for me for his acting. I think they also flash back here to the beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. when he's in the interview. And I thought that was really, really well done editing wise. Yeah. When he's like, I didn't plan to, but he kind of like ended up Mm. being their father figure and it's like well teddy you shouldn't have picked a band full of people with daddy issues (laughs) someone had to (laughs) someone had to someone had to be a father around here (laughs) daisy leaves a recording of her new song at teddy's doorstep the scene flashing to camilla alone with her newborn daughter julia at the hospital billy tells the interviewer that it was the same old rock and roll story and the interviewer notes that it was just the start for him which I liked. Mm. I really liked because it was. Okay. Wow. There's a lot to unpack here. First of all, it breaks my heart that Camilla's mother doesn't show up at the hospital, which logistically, I suppose she wouldn't be able to. (laughs) But in the book, if I recall correctly, that her mom was with her. Yes. In the the book, her mom makes it there. So she's not Mm. alone. Um, which like, yeah, I, I get that they did it for dramatic effect for that scene where she's holding her daughter and there's like tears on her cheeks. But you know, like if you're heavily pregnant and you tell your mom, Mm -hmm. yeah, my husband's a cheating jerk and I might have to do this alone. Mm. Like my mom would 
be walking. If she had to walk from Pittsburgh to L.A., she would. Well, <laughs> spoiler for the next episode, her mother is there. So she probably she probably did drive down and arrive like not long after the baby was born. Yeah. 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 She, she I'm sure that she was there as soon as she could mm-hmm. be. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, she this- just wasn't there for the birth. But, you know. Still, it's, it's still really, really sad. And mm-hmm. again, though, kudos to the writers and directors because mm-hmm. the way that this episode was structured, to me, this is one of the hardest things that they would have had to show on camera. Um, yeah. It's a really, really well written, well directed episode. I said this last episode, I didn't get too far into it. But again, like, I have so much faith in the writing team and the directing team and the producing team mm. behind this. And every episode I see, every teaser I see, even hearing the songs, like my trust just doubles every 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 time. Um, and their marketing team. like Their marketing team is killing it. Everywhere. <laughs> they are everywhere. I mean, every night. Okay. Every night I watch TLC, right? Because it's like reruns of like the worst shows ever, but I'm addicted. And every single commercial break, there's at least three Daisy Jones commercials, and they are all different. There's not one that's a replica of the other. They are all different. They're so wise. You guys are so smart out there. So brilliant. We got some Dunn Brothers slash The Six originals in this episode we got to see them do a lot more performing and singing and we got to see daisy writing some more tunes yeah we got a lot of really great songs and thankfully the team behind the show put all of those on spotify so right obviously they aren't on the aurora album that came out (laughs) so it's great that we still get to have these do you have any favorite songs from this episode yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really obvious answer, but <laughs> look me in the eye. I love it. It's to me, it's that very uh, blue collar rock and roll that mm. we kind of start hearing in this decade. Yeah, like Springsteen. Yeah, it's something yeah. like maybe a little grittier than Springsteen, but like absolutely, it's, it's very much of Springsteen's genre S, of that yeah. working class kind of mm. rock and. Yeah, it's the kind of song you want to hear when you're having a beer after work. There is something about Silver Nail, which is the song that um, they end up playing for Teddy to Mm. get their kind of deal with him. And I genuinely can't tell you what it is, but every single time I have heard that song, I have burst into tears. Like, I couldn't quote you a lyric from it, and I couldn't... (laughs) Like, genuinely, like, I can't think of the words right now, but it's just there's something. I don't know the words, but it makes me cry. Yeah. There's something about the sound. Maybe it's his voice. Maybe I think it's even just the chord pattern on the guitar. Mm. Something about it just, like, touches something very deep and vulnerable inside me. And Mm -hmm. it just makes me cry. So I'm going to do some therapy and let you guys know so Chrissy what were your favorite musical moments oh my gosh well first of all every time I see look me in the eye on Spotify I think it's the Jonas Brothers song um which no 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 the Dunn Brothers (laughs) the Dunn Dunn Brothers Brothers. oh my they could be their uncles from the 70s guys my favorite from the episode is flip the switch which doesn't seem to be getting enough love on social media. I think it might even be my favorite out of 
everything released thus far, mm. including including the Aurora <gasps> album. No. Yes. I think it's very reminiscent of like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm, yes. I'm really into it. I really, really like that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan. All around bangers, really. I know that people are like, oh my gosh, the, the lyrics are different than the lyrics that are in the book. You know, I don't really care that much because the sound, like the vibe, I don't know how to explain it other than just the way that that sound hits your ears is what I imagined it to sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, people have been way too critical about a lot of the music being changed, saying it sounds too modern. I don't get that at all from their songs. I think they sound very much in that time period of the 70s. That's kind of what's great about it is that it's Mm -hmm. modern 70s music. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's it's new music to us, but it's still very set and distinctive of the era it's yeah. set in. It has to be mixed properly to go into Spotify the TV show. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, not even Spotify, but like in the show itself, they are using such high tech sound mm. in general. I mean, everything's in HD. You, ha- you can't mix it to sound produced back then like you kind of have to go with what will match with the dialogue audio Mm -hmm. too you know I don't know I just think it sounds great I don't think it's overly produced stuff but I no complaints from me friends yeah no complaints from me either I think that just sometimes when you love something it's hard to accept change yeah but like for me I'm really enjoying this and I'm not necessarily like worried about things being different I think I touched on this last episode. These characters are such wonderful representations of the humans on the page mm. that seeing them on screen, like as long as whatever situation they're in, they are these wonderful, beautiful characters that we know and love. I'm totally cool with it, you know? Yeah. So what did you think of the episode? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's my favorite so far, but... It's my favorite in terms of one and two. <laughs> no, like I don't know how to explain it because the the show itself follows multiple storylines, right? Yes, and there's flashback and piecing together. Mm-hmm. But for me, Billy's journey with substance abuse and addiction to his decision to get clean. That is, I think, some of the most powerful storytelling that we have seen on this show so far. The way that that arc was handled, the way it was paced, the way it tied into the rest of the episode. Holy Moses. Like, I enjoyed it. And what I really love about this show and like the book as well, the book has some laugh out loud moments. Mm -hmm. And I like that. The TV show is keeping that. There's that kind of dry wit, but then you also have things like these boys are dressed up in their underwear and (laughs) dead women's clothing playing pirates in their living room. Because if you've ever lived with boys in their 20s, you know that that is not outside the realm of possibility. And they're like fairly young. I'd say they're around 19, maybe. Yeah, like Like Graham and his buddies. Babies. Yeah. Yeah, they're Graham's age. And I love these actors. Like like I said, every episode I fall more and more in love with the actors mm. who are playing these characters and bringing them to life. They're, all They're in such good hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? What did you love about this episode? I mean, like I mentioned, <laughs> this is my favorite episode because I'm a sucker for Camilla's story arc. 
And she is heavily featured in this one being a badass strong woman. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great episode. And I loved seeing the Dunn brothers become the six. I loved yes. all of their performances at McNasty's getting to see like they start getting a regular crowd who knows the lyrics to their songs. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. I No complaints. I thought it was a great episode. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, yeah. and I'm really excited to talk about episode three with you soon, because uh, there was a lot going on in that one, too. There is a lot going on in episode three. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider following us on Instagram at Daisy Jones Podcast and Twitter at Daisy Jones Pod, where we'll be keeping you updated when new episodes drop of our recaps. Yeah, and thank you so much for the love, everybody. We're so excited with how many of you have started listening in, who have been following along with us on Instagram. I am personally loving and living for Daisy Jones Twitter right now. So come talk to us on Twitter. (laughs) Please come talk to us. (laughs) See you next episode. Bye. Bye.